Okay, so one of the greatest, I say greatest, one of my favorite, like, twists in TV is the end of season three of Lost, right? And I won't even, I don't know, I don't even know I should spoil it. But I want to ask you, Hunter, as a person who's played many more games as I have, especially games with, like, lots of plots. What is the greatest twist? I have played games with lots of plots. Is that what you more, just said? more games with plots. Lots of more yeah. plots games. Not not more I've plots in the plots. games. Yeah, games, games, games with more plots, plots than no games more, with more plots. Okay, more I games see. with as, plots. As, as so, you're gonna crown me some sort of plot expert, no. and then <laughs> some sort of plot guru, and then you're gonna climb the mountain and ask me, oh wise hunter, what plots do ye know? If, if I ever, if Hunter ever goes missing, <laughs> dear listener, and I go missing at the same time, just know we both killed each other. We, no, we both did it. It was both of no. us. Hunter, that's, what's that's the best? What take away what's the best twist you've ever experienced in a video game? What's your favorite uh, twist? Best twist in a video game? Ah, uh, that's a tough question. Yeah, video games aren't known for aren't having good at twists. Aren't, aren't really that good at twists. I mean. All of the ones that I can think of are bad, so <laughs> that, I, I mean, wouldn't say that there are any good ones. Matt, what what's the best twist in video games to you? I mean, there's a decent little twist in, like, is it Fallout 3? Where you, like, find out what your... I mean, I guess it's almost not even a twist, right? Because it's just part of the mystery of you trying to figure out what your dad's been up to. Isn't, yeah, there, I don't, I don't, isn't there a twist in there, I, though? I don't, I don't remember there Clearly being Clearly it's the best because I can't three. remember it. It's, it's such a good oh, twist yeah. you can't remember, you know? Yeah, it seems awesome, Matt, <laughs> this uh, this twist you can't really put together at all. Um, you know what? The best twist in gaming is every other dialogue that happens in a Kingdom Hearts game. Where it's just where you don't you don't know what they're talking about, so it may or more, more or less is a twist, right? It may as well yeah, be a yeah. twist to you. The, the logic escapes you enough to where it's like, yeah, that seems surprising that they've said that. I don't know what it is, but what a twist. It's a twist that the Kingdom Hearts games exist, I guess, at all. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind, that's kind of an interesting twist. Like, maybe the best twist in video games is the announcement of Kingdom Hearts, yeah. <laughs> you know, whenever that was, that they even could do that. The best twist in gaming would have been if they revealed that, like, actually it was Elvis that did the music for Sonic 3. You all thought it was Michael Jackson. It was Elvis the whole time. But it was actually Elvis. We actually Elvis, let Elvis is do not it. only alive, but he's a huge <laughs> Sonic guy. And he did. He did. He was on the grassy knoll. I, I'm sorry. I have to break so many bombshells for you at once. But he did Sonic think, Three. No, he was on I, the grassy no, knoll. Matt, you're skipping over the biggest <laughs> twist of all in everything you just announced. You're skipping right over it because I mean, let's be real. If Elvis was alive, he'd be a Mario guy. <laughs> Let's go! Hello and welcome to the Old Gamer's <laughs> Almanac. It's me, Matt Martins, and I'm joined with my co-host, Hunter Donaldson. Hello, Hunter. Hunter Donaldson? Yes. Hunter? Hunter? Hunter! No, I did, I did a really good joke, Matt, and you just like, I did your joke. You didn't I even understood your it. joke. You didn't even get it, Matt. Giant enemy crabs? Uh, so today, on the ranking of all video games ever, every week at a time, we are talking about 
uh, a game Hunter really wanted to bring this show, and I have only played. Did I want to bring it? You wanted to bring bring this game to the show. Yeah, you specifically. You kind of said that we had to do this, and I was like, kind of like, whoa, I don't know about doing Metal Gear Solid. No, I don't know if we need to do that. And then you insisted over and over. You were like, oh, it's got to be Metal Gear Solid. You're right. I insisted. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's Metal Gear Solid by Hideo Kojima. Uh, This is Konami Productions making, uh, no joke, one of the most egregious. Uh, cinematic experiences one ever. Of the, <laughs> one of the most horrible cinematic experiences ever, am I right? What a dumb game. Oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> That's not, oh man. After today, we could put a bunch of Metal Gear Solid things on our uh, various voice. There's a lot of good. Don't you already have the Metal Gear Solid uh, I do. notice, like, exclamation I don't have it mark pulled. I, can't, I can't do the, the sound right now, but I do have that one. The... Uh, so... This game is a PS1 game. Everybody knows it. It's, I mean, boy, howdy. It's, it sure is well known because that's where we're at right now. We, this is game 49 on the list, and we're trying to, before we get to 50, put a bunch of top tier, top brass, race for the top games. Uh, Hunter, please tell me about Metal Gear Solid as it was in 1998 and the experience of this game hitting, hitting people's PlayStation 1s. Yeah, um, so in I played this in 1998 because, of course, I did. Um, and I loved it for one specific reason mm. and then later for another reason. Ooh. The first reason that I loved Metal Gear Solid is because you can get in a cardboard box and you can <laughs> run around. And if you're a child, that is Grand Theft Auto 3 yeah. Rampage level <laughs> of fun to be had. Yeah. Like... You're just playing at this, you know, in Metal Gear Solid, the AI is really, really simple. The guards, they just walk around yeah. in the same danged old, yeah. you know, pattern every single time. What, Whatever. Right. It's early days. Shut up. If you got a problem with it, yeah. shut up. I, what I God, love, I'm too, so about it. I'm sick of everyone. Sure. Um, <laughs> what so I you love wear... about it, too, is the, there's, there's on your map, there's cones of their even their vision. And even that is, like, suggestive, right? Like, you, you can... Oh, is it? I mean, I this... was about to say the opposite. The cone is so specifically the, c- the only thing they can see that it's kind of dumb well in that i could stand at the end of a hallway yeah 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 and then a guard could be facing me but if i'm not in the cone that's it i'm not even there well but But if i could and that's one of the reasons that the camera is so weird in metal gear solid they don't want you to see yeah how (laughs) How silly (laughs) the game is yeah for sure it's it's very silly game and they don't they're trying to obfuscate that by having the camera be the way it is yeah i think Um, the range of the cones not not the not the like left to right of it but the distance away from them is where i experience the most gimme and especially cameras you can get right up up under a camera and basically be in its cone but like actually not because you're clearly standing underneath yeah, a it, camera it, it don't anyways know. it don't know about you yeah, yeah. anyways yes it uh, the, the ai is delightfully dumb is is my agreement with you yeah i mean it's it's i mean i don't think the intention is for it to be dumb it's just like this is what they got this yeah. is what they could do at this point right um which i mean it's the i the ai is robust enough to have just a a wonderful time messing with it yeah um and for all the, um, I'm sure, smack talk we're going to have on the combat in this game, it is super fun to just play around with the guards. Yeah. yeah. And I did that for hours and hours when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, it, it took me um, a, a couple times 
to learn this lesson of I, I played this you know emulation i'm i'm doing some save stating i was kind of speeding up dialogue uh which is its own hilarious uh yeah everybody talks like this except for when you do the double speed on the cinematics and then everybody talks like this and it's uh it's hilarious the game is 10 yeah. times better when everyone has helium voices uh but the game is 10 times better the, the game is 10 times better uh so the other thing about this though is i had to limit my use of save states because getting caught it's save a, states save states this game is not uh you know so stealthy that like when you get caught it's a big deal because like you, it's pretty easy to get away from these guards and go hide somewhere else or whatever and mm -hmm. my normal reaction to like stealth games and having save states is like i want to do all of this perfectly so like i'll very right. often oh i got caught save state back like let's just load back but like if you're playing this game to th these days and you haven't played it before, like don't don't do that. I did it for a few rooms and I was like, oh, this is. I mean, whatever. I'm kind of blazing through these things. And then I was like, you know what I need to do is make sure I'm not. I'm only going to use these save states for just like not having to rewatch cutscenes. It be became my rule of save right. states is all I want to do is not have to rewatch some of the long cutscenes. So I'm saving at the start of a boss fight, but not like throughout the boss fight or throughout every single room or whatever. Like I'm just save stating to avoid rewatching long cutscenes, and well, that became a, a much a better way to do it because yeah getting getting caught and getting away and rehiding and like letting the patterns reset is hilarious and fun every time yeah but speaking of cutscenes matt we should summarize it's the story of this game is very important we should summarize <laughs> the plot matt take it away summarize the plot if you will uh, of metal gear solid one uh, um spoilers uh, incoming uh let's go uh, for I'm it panicking. you got it matt uh, so, so what happened in metal gear solid so there's a there's so many spies uh everyone's spies. a spy everyone's a spy spies and there's new uh there's nukes there's nuclear warheads and you're uh you're a spy uh, breaking into other spy places there's a team there's like a ginyu squad of of a team a you ginyu used to squad? work with what sure. is that the, the dragon ball z's very uh eccentric oh, squad a, okay the, the ginyu, ginyu force. force thank you uh they get there's a ginyu force of enemies that you're gonna boss fight throughout the game but they're all crazy and and uh very very specific in their styles and you are trying can to you name any so any character names can i have i can name characters you, yeah, you got yeah. your you got your buddy Otacon. you got all the bosses like vulcan raven and sniper wolf and they're all named after an animals there's psycho mantis you got yourself a gray fox you got there's all kind of, i know a lot of the characters i didn't i didn't okay. blaze through the cinematics that fast hunter i i okay. listened and watched and took in all of the information. I just did it at double speed. This is also the way I listen to audiobooks. I am capable of taking in story at uh, high at, at, at that's great. Super that's great. So that actually speed. brings us to our first segment, yeah. which is the story of of Metal Gear Solid One plot quiz featuring our contestant <laughs> Matthew Martins. So Matt, first question. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. What do the terrorists want? <laughs> Uh, uh, the terror, the terrorists want a billion dollars. That's no. my, that's my answer. They, they, I, the, 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 the person in charge wants a billion dollars. The terrorists want the metal gear and the stealth nuclear missiles. Is that more no. accurate? No. no. What are the, what, what do the terrorists want? The correct answer is we don't know. <laughs> Second question. Okay. Where... Is the game taking place? Alaska. So, uh, Shadow Moses Island off the coast of Alaska. 
Incorrect. Oh, no. What is it? The game is taking place on the PlayStation 1. <laughs> the game knows it's a game, Matt, and that was the easy question. It's you know the game knows it's a game. On the memory card, in the it controller, on the disc. It literally tells you to look at the back of the CD case. You're right. The game is taking place on the disc. I cannot okay. Okay. believe right. you. All right, I'm 0 for 2. I'm 0 for 2. Let's, you, got, you got any more for me? Yes. Who is... <laughs> Solidus Snake. Whoa. Do, should I spoil this? Is this a spoiler? Is this a... I can give an answer. Who, Who? Okay. is Solidus Snake? Solidus Snake is, in part, the president of the United States and also the, th the third surviving clone of Big Boss? <clears throat> oh, Incorrect. Dang. Incorrect. Oh, for His three. name is George. Oh... I love that. I love that. Solid Snake's name is Dave. Just like the voice actors, that it's just Dave. I'm Dave. He says it right at the very, very, very end. <laughs> My name is Dave. And she's I like, that "Oh, he says okay." That. She like that she just. Does. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks he for letting me know that. His name is Dave. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if in the Japanese version he says his name is uh, whatever the Japanese voice right. actor's name is. That would be um, cool. Yeah, that I mean, I think that actually might be the intention there. Yeah, um, which is very odd because they do eventually recast. Uh, snake uh quite um quite uh controversially mm. he is eventually replaced with Kiefer sutherland and it, i would say overall was not a good choice because Whoa. david haver haters performance of solid snake is iconic. say whatever you want about it it's iconic yeah um sure. it's ridiculous but it is something that is so easily mocked yeah is only so easy to mock because it's so specifically right. done right Right. Yeah, there's 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 times where this movie so this movie is like a is like a pulp spy thing, right? Like it's a very it, it could have been like a crazy pulp spy TV show where every episode is like Snake versus one of the members of Foxhound, and like jazz music or whatever. Yeah. Uh but like the 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 fact that it is equal parts so self-serious and so absolutely not self-serious like i can't they the the needle they had to thread for that vibe of like everyone's performance is earnest but it is in it is in the goal of a completely ridiculous like farce of a spy uh, uh plot line i don't know i i it's it is i think incredible that the performers pull it off. And I mean every single one of them. I don't think a single person has like a bad performance in what this game is trying to accomplish. Yeah, I don't know who, I don't know what the direction was for, for Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yeah. But somehow they were able to get across to the actors that they were sort of in a soap opera, Twin yeah. Peaks plus like <laughs> James Bond world that. Yeah, you're right. It's really weird that all the performances are as consistent with each other yeah. without anyone in particular sort of like going outside the box. Yeah. You know are what you I mean? an like otaku? Oh, are you also an otaku? Said with complete yeah. no irony, like straight to camera, and it and it is successful. <laughs> I don't know how yeah, you do oh, that. Yeah, oh yeah. No, the, the game is impervious to irony. Um, <laughs> irony literally bounces off of it. Um and that's why it's so easy to make fun of, right? Is yeah. because it feels it is it is uh, it's such a fully realized thematic world, yeah. Metal Gear Solid, yeah. that it has its own rules, uh, it has its own internal consistency. Yes, uh, 
and it is just completely at odds with I think anything anyone would consider traditionally good. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, it it very much reminds me of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, in that it is, you know, Twin Peaks is David Lynch directing uh, a soap opera, which is uh, just a weird genre. Nobody likes soap operas. You know what I mean? <laughs> soap operas are not made for everybody. Yeah. But David Lynch liked them and saw something in there that that he wanted to capitalize on right so he makes a soap opera that basically obeys all the the rules right. of a soap opera world world and then it's just interesting because you got this weird guy at the center of it just being like see this is what i wanted to do yeah basically <laughs> yeah the fact that metal gear solid is a game in which you can can get a a young like a wolf pup to pee on you but only if you are inside a cardboard box and then from now on when you use your your wolf pissed cardboard box around adult wolves they get little heart symbols above their heads but also the game is earnestly concerned about the dangers of nuclear warfare yeah like that it is both those things that both those things fall neatly within its warehouse yeah that it can have uh psycho mantis as a character where literally we're just breaking the fourth wall and saying hey plug in your controller to yeah. the other port or whatever in order to beat this boss in the most like hokey ridiculous um just like honestly kind of trashy uh -huh. uh, boss fight of all time yeah uh and then at the same time uh seems like way more political than a game should be oh yeah that was made uh you know at this level right um it's a very strange uh, series, and I think for its singularity, uh, it is uh, just kind of a w just kind of a wild thing to hang out with. You know, it's yeah. like there's nothing really like Metal Gear Solid, um, and I don't think there ever will be again. Personally, right. I mean, de like we have Death Stranding or whatever, and Death Stranding has sort of inherited all of those aspects, right? Right. But it's not Death Stranding is now we now Kojima is in like his own little corner of uh -huh. the world yeah. where it's like, if you want to come to his weird stuff, you can come to it. But Metal Gear Solid was like one of the biggest games, right? Like right. that this was a year where this game was the one that was on everyone's mind. The, it's just, it's frankly ridiculous as an outside PlayStation person, right? As a child, this is the PlayStation game for, from my perspective, like mm -hmm. even more than like Final Fantasies or whatever, this is a PlayStation game is how I understood it as a kid. I knew about Metal Gear Solid. I never played it as a kid, but I knew if you had a PlayStation, you're going to have Metal Gear Solid because that's right. the PlayStation game. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the, it's like the biggest deal ever for that console, I feel like, for, for its entire life cycle. Do, do you the feel the sequels hold true to that whole thing like is it is every single one maintain that same level to you or do they dip into like other areas i don't know i've never played any other game in this series um i yeah i'm not sure what the question is though like what what do you mean do they all have this exact same style like the only other thing i know about metal gear uh i know mm -hmm. two i know two things about metal future metal gear games I know that Metal Gear Solid 2 was very controversial because you play a bunch of the game as a naked non-snake person, another guy, and you spend a lot of time doing naked cartwheels. That's the thing I know about Metal Gear Solid yeah, 2. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah. Uh, and then I know that Metal Gear Solid 4 starts with something like a 45-minute long cutscene. Those are like the two... 
Those are the thing, two things you know. Those are the two things that have leaked into my brain about uh, Metal Gear Solid. But but do do the games maintain this level of like keeping to the shtick of like we're in like some sort of spy movie or something? Like do, do yeah. they all? maintain yeah, the absolutely. entire way through okay i didn't know if like uh, he they, i didn't know if he dipped get... into different genres or like if he plays with it di- like or is it always like very spy centric um no the metal gear solid series is uh it's in you know an espionage fiction yeah focus right with kind of they get you know more postmodern maybe as they go or at least mm. metal gear solid 2 is very postmodern. um i've actually been wanting to replay metal gear solid 2 for a long time because uh Apparently, in our kind of post-2016 American politics, it seems more... I've heard that a lot of its plot elements seem kind of, um, I don't know, kind of... Yeah, kind of like like more relevant now than oh, maybe yeah. they were in 2001, right. which will be interesting. Um, that may, And maybe we'll get to talk about that in a future... Soon. <laughs> soon. In yeah. a future soon, maybe. In a future soon. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, I would say all the games are pretty consistent with this tone established okay. in Metal Gear Solid. However, as we go, we get, you know, more indulgent, Okay, I would say. That, like, for example, Metal Gear Solid 2, I think we indulge more in this, in, in, in the uh, maybe kind of wild, this, this series has something to say that yeah. is meaningful, although it's also very strange at the same time, um, aspect. And then, you know, Metal Gear Solid 2, it goes a little bit further. Metal Gear Solid 3, kind of, we cut, we come back a little. Okay. And then Metal Gear Solid 4, I would say, just kind of blows it all up. Okay. Like, to be honest, that's how I would put it. Is Interesting. Metal Gear Solid 4 is just too much of everything. It is a buffet of, uh, yeah. of just not being told no. And also, I think you, you have to remember something about the story of Metal Gear Solid, which is that and I don't know how true this is, and this isn't coming from a place of research. This is coming from a place of just, like, hearing this my whole life. Mm-hmm. I think Kojima, like, always wanted to work on something else and then was just forced to keep working on this oh, series. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe Metal Gear Solid 2 is an honest follow-up of just, like, yeah, he wanted to do that. Um, but I think after that, he's pretty much, like, trying to work on other projects mm-hmm. and then being sort of forced and pigeonholed yeah. into only working on Metal Gear Solid. Um, until eventually his relationship with Konami uh, breaks down completely into, and then they, they part ways, yeah. uh, which is the, the current state of things. Um, so yeah, I, in a way, I think it's like, it's, it's wild that, that three and four, I think, are as good as they are. Um, and four, I would say, is to me personally, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's, it's still such a, an interesting series, even if the way it wraps up is not, I think, particularly yeah. interesting. I mean, it's like, huh. but I also so think four, if you're four is the Solid, and then there's like later games that are like planting themselves within other parts of the timeline. Like, is four the end of the series technically? Four is the end of the story, okay. and then five uh, is kind of just like a a fun other thing. Okay. It is not the end of the the story. Five right. five is just like another game. Basically, gotcha. weird. Um. But yeah, I, I also, though, I feel like if you're playing Metal Gear Solid and getting really invested in the specifics of the universe and not thinking enough about thematically what the games are trying to be about, mm-hmm. um, you might be missing the point a little bit, personally. It's not very important, the super hyper-specific details of this world, right. because the hyper-specific details of this world are, frankly, ridiculous. Right. Um, 
everyone is a spy. Is- Every single character is or could be a spy that turns on you at some point and probably will. I mean, that that's that's like as involved as you need to get with like these characters, you know, specific lives. Like so many yeah. characters in this There's game. There's a lot turn of double crosses yeah. and yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you, you couldn't be expected to keep up with it, I think, is realistically the thing, because the game will constantly turn its back on you. <laughs> right. I just think it's cool. Listen, I'm a simple man. <laughs> I just think it's cool that for a while there was a running series of high profile AAA game experiences where the American military and American government are the bad guys <laughs> always and you literally cannot trust them with anything. <laughs> And basically all governments in Metal Gear Solid yeah, are like that. Every are world government yeah. is completely evil yeah. in Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Much like in the real world, okay? <laughs> Much like in the real world, every government is evil, Yeah. okay? Is capable and willing political. to do atrocities. Sorry, yeah. I'm getting political oh, again. Oh, no. Oh, dear. All the governments are wrong and evil. I love okay? that the credits of this game is just FMV, like, actual video footage of nature. Oh, he loves just, he <laughs> loves just B-roll footage of all kinds of, like, like, and it's clearly just, like, you know, they, it's not like, I mean, this is, this is so obvious it goes without saying, but what I mean is, think a little bit about how they're just shopping for this stuff. Yeah. They just went out and they're like, yeah, yeah I just bought that clip bought and that's that. in the game now, <laughs> um, which is, by the way, a disaster for when it comes to licensing the game. You know oh, what I mean? No really? other game has to deal with this aspect of, oh, yeah, there's, like, some footage that we bought from this thing, but, yeah. who know, like, how long did we buy it for and for what <laughs> purposes did we purchase it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I believe that that is part of the... One of the reasons why Metal Gear Solid has taken so long to get remastered and remade for, for modern consoles has to do with this stuff. Wow. The, like, the, the, the footage straight up from other stuff hmm. so that that's a licensing itch, issue every that's time hilarious. wow I and did, also um we we get a little bit of police knots in this game which is very fun i love that <laughs> i love that this game just cuts to some cinematics from police knots that's that's great like who does that right. like it's just it's just that that you know it's like it's hard to talk about a game like metal gear solid and say anything new i don't if if these games aren't for you i totally understand but kojima has just such a specific style that i i wish we had more games like this Mm -hmm. where it just feels like the game makes its own choices and does things that that you know vaguely don't make sense but they're just so personal it's just like no this is just what we're doing here and i realize there's a lot of indie games that have that level of heart and personal aspect to it but this is not an indie game this was like a this is a big game this is about as triple a as you get (laughs) like i mean this is a triple a indie basically (laughs) yeah they're just letting kojima do whatever he wants essentially he's saying things that frankly everyone should be saying no to and they're not they're letting him do it and then here we go it's just just a weird weird um game we've talked a lot about you know the story and then maybe Style. maybe we've sort of vaguely been gesturing at like the genre yeah. without really getting too specific what about the gameplay though matt what did yeah. you think of the gameplay of metal gear solid in your most recent playthrough uh, i did not realize the game was so focused on actually the like kind of the the boss rush of it like i just i just didn't know bosses were such a big deal in this game and it's it's actually mostly 
bosses, I would say. I mean, you could spend a lot of time traversing, but in terms of, like, this room is a puzzle, that doesn't happen actually all that often. Most most rooms are fairly easy to get through. You you can mm-hmm. you can tromp around. You, you you're getting keys throughout the game that open you up to new areas. You're stealthing past cameras. You're getting items, uh, and then this game takes on more and more of a quality of like you've got this whole arsenal of items, and any of them could come up in any crazy way at any moment. And the thing that uh, I kept bumping up against, and you had to kind of keep like reminding me of, is I I was like treating this like it was secret of monkey island or something where it's just like i've got all these items and i don't know how i'm going to combine them together to like solve the various puzzles in this game and hunter you had to tell me like well are you calling your friends ever and i'm yeah and i said i'm sorry what <laughs> i i uh i did not realize i didn't know how the menu uh worked for this game and i didn't know how easy i thought i had to like write down every single character's uh signal like you you, to call them they have like a signal i didn't know there was even like i didn't realize that the memory thing was like a button to go press or whatever regardless for the first probably three-fourths of this game i never called my friends to ask for help on uh clues for stuff and apparently that's a hey actually that's like the entire game is uh yeah they get clues for stuff (laughs) so you start your mission and right away you're introduced to this idea and this doesn't really go away in the series um until i guess metal gear solid 5 does not have this but um every game the thing about Solid Snake that you got to know is at any point, and I mean any point, <laughs> he might just get on the phone with somebody, uh, and then the whole game's got to stop dead in its tracks, yeah. and then he, he's got to talk to his buddy. Yeah. So at any point, you can call your buddies, right. and they literally tell you what your buddies are here to help you with. Right. Each basically. of them has like a purpose and a task for the different types of puzzles you might want to solve. I thought of this game like a pretty like obtuse... You got to figure out how to use this thing to get it the right way. And it, it doesn't do that at all. Um, this wasn't my playing experience, but it's very easy to see now. The game wants you to know all its little tricks. It's chock yeah. full of goofy little tricks. It is obsessed with the mechanical things you could do with every single item. One thing I never knew you could do, you, you start the game with some cigarettes. And you right. can pull out those cigarettes and smoke them. And the smoke will reveal lasers in laser yeah, rooms right. that you need to navigate past. Now, you can also do that. I did that with, uh, you have, like, infrared goggles you can throw on, and you can do it with that as well. Um, I, I actually just ended up using infrared goggles, like, yeah. quite often, uh, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of things that get solved. But it's little tricks like that that you hear other... This would. This is why this is such a 1998 video game, too, because this is the game you would go to school and tell your friends you've been playing, and they would be like, did you figure out you can do this? And you'd be like, what? You can do that? I can't wait to get home, and I gotta try it myself. Like, this is that kind of pre-internet uh, learning little tricks, or more specifically, like, talk to your friends enough, and they will tell you all of the little tricks right, things your that little, you can do. Your, your, your older brother is in the game. Yeah, yeah. They put your older brother in the game, so you can actually just ask your older brother... Right. Like how to solve the various right. things, and and they give you hints, and they help. Right, they help you figure things out, um, and you can even do it in the middle of boss fights. Right, right. Um, which, yeah, which is sorry, technically I, ridiculous. I started talking about boss fights too. There's so many, like, and that's the whole thing too. Is the game is so focused on these crazy kooky characters because that's the setup for. I, I mean, I think the main notable stuff in this game is these boss fights right the the most. I mean, Psycho Mantis is like the most famous one because it's literally just completely throwing the game wide open and asking you to do crazy mm-hmm. things uh mm-hmm. some switch the i remember the very first time i ever played it that took me so long to figure out because here's the thing here's here's my issue with the psychomantis fight 
he does the thing where he starts reading your memory card, right? He's right. like he he he's just proving how psychic he is, and he right. starts reading your memory card. I took that to mean that the trick was switch your memory card into port two of the memory card. And I tried doing that. I was trying everything but switching the controller over. He doesn't He doesn't say switch your controller over. I assume you can call a friend and they tell you probably switch your controller over yeah, to yeah. port two. But he doesn't say it. And I wasn't calling friends. And this I'm talking back in the day when I played it probably like 2005 or something. I played... Um, it's I, weird, though, that you thought to move something to port two, but not the controller. Though. I think that I'd heard I think I'd heard the rumor that you do something like that. Like I knew that there was mm -hmm. a gimmick to the fight. So I knew to try that, but I didn't think to try switching the controller over. So the first yeah. time I ever did that fight, it was extraordinarily difficult uh, is, is my main memory of it. I did eventually. Mm -hmm. get I, I owned this game on the GameCube version, the Twin Snakes version, and I right. played mm, probably a third of it originally and then it's just one of those games i i forgot to keep playing not even fell off of like i was enjoying it i played most of the game in one or two days and then i would often just forget to keep playing a game or whatever that, that happened to me yeah, all the time yeah. when i was younger um so this was my first full playthrough so this is the first time i played later bosses like i mean i think the furthest i got was the first sniper wolf fight and I never did Vulcan Raven. I never did any of the end game, any of that stuff. So yeah, I, I, I missed out on a good two thirds of this game when I originally played it. But yeah, I just didn't know that it was so uh, character centric on this team of Foxhound and you're just going from boss fight yeah, to yeah. boss fight. And it's mostly about the traversal from boss fight to boss fight, basically. And from a traversal standpoint too, the game in, I would say two or three instances asks you to do a lot of backtracking and it's easy for me to get frustrated at that kind of thing but right i i was very quick to forgive this game for it because it's not like your normal style of backtracking because the backtracking seems to always proceed like a very specific reason why you would want to have done that like the game wants you to explore every inch of all of these rooms and if you're barreling forward it's kind of nice for the game to stop you and go hey did you check out all those other rooms? You should probably go do that. You probably should have been sneaking around a lot more than maybe you have been. And that was like, that was helpful for me to like have those moments. I, I, I got initially upset the first time that they're like, go find the sniper rifle so you can do something about sniper wolf. But in doing that, it helped me remember to like, take a bit more time with like wandering around and doing stuff. I got a bit, right. too, I got a bit too beeline. You know what I mean? Yeah, and also like, I mean, it's it's, I mean, nobody nobody likes backtracking. It's it's very easy to ding any game for backtracking if it has backtracking in it. Yeah. In Metal Gear Solid, the backtracking generally involves not always, but generally involves uh, visiting rooms that you've been to before, but now yeah. the guard patterns are different, right. or there's more things that have been added. Maybe there's more mines that are now in mm -hmm. the ground. Maybe there's more cameras with guns mounted on them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so as you know, as you are infiltrating this facility, yeah, it it is reacting to your presence and kind of shoring up its defenses. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, is nobody likes going back to a room they've already been to? Sure. Um, the ag the egregious one is one of the final puzzles. Is this like you get a, you have you have to do these three card key things. And mm -hmm. it's not so bad, except for it happens to be in a room with like a thousand ladders and and a, and two very long elevator <laughs> rides. Right, and you just do that. Like 
all the other parts of that backtracking is fine. You're going back through rooms, but there's just these things where it's like, okay, and hit circle to go up the ladder and hit circle to right. go down the ladder and up the ladder and down, down, down. And it's like that part was like, really? Right here at the end of the game, we're going to do this like a million times. But I don't know. The game's won you over so much by that point by, that like every ridiculous thing seems part of it you know what i mean like every any ridiculous thing the game Mm -hmm. asks you to do feels like it's aware it's asking you to do maybe something ridiculous yeah i think so i don't i mean i don't know i i i would say i could do without that if there's a part i could do without it's probably yeah it's probably that part but i think um part of the reason why that's there you'll notice this is a two disc game it's a multi-disc game right and that's not because the game is particularly long but it's more like because um it feels like they are basically uh maybe kind of straining the space uh a lot uh it's this game is full of dialogue yeah and dialogue is probably dialogue and cutscenes are probably just taking up most of the space on the uh right. on the old disc there um this this game to me i i, I played it on uh on a sm emulator mm-hmm. um and I was able to kind of pump up the settings a little bit. Yeah. And I realized, like, this is basically your, the first PlayStation 2 game. Like, it... it oh, yeah. It, it has way more in common with the way PlayStation 2 games are presented. Right. PlayStation 1 is so interesting because it's kind of like a halfway yeah. system. It is a transition system. Um, N- Nintendo 64 is like, here's Mario 64. All right, we're, we're just going all 3D. Get right. all the 3D stuff here all the time. PlayStation is like, it feels like almost like a sequel to the Sega Genesis. Yeah. Where we have all of these really great kind of sprite-based games, 2D games that just feel very tight and very good. And then it's also looking to the future at the same time with games like Metal Gear Solid. Um, You have it actually, even with Konami, I can make this point. Um, There are two types of PlayStation games. Castlevania Symphony of the Night yeah. and Metal Gear Solid. Right. Just within Konami's oeuvre, um, you can kind of cover everything that is great about the PlayStation. Um, and yeah, Metal Gear Solid is your your look at the future. Um, and, you know, some the the vocal performances, I think, hold up um, yeah. in spite of how ridiculous the script is. But, you know, the facial like oh, sure. bobbing while they're talking is yeah. pretty ridiculous what? but I, I i find i don't even notice it that's the, the time. thing though is we're in just early enough of an era where there's no uncanny valley these are these are oh, sure, obviously yeah. just 32 bit polygons and yeah. when when it's a cinematic that's not happening in the codec you you're not looking for facial. You're just listening to voice performances. You don't care. Right. I mean, you're looking at all of the insane camera angles they do, which are wonderful and hilarious. And there's like a billion camera angles in every single cutscene. But then even in the codec part, when it's like actual animations, yeah, it's like a it's like a flip book. It's like a comic of of these characters. And and you're it you're not looking for that stuff. So it gets away with so much more because it's at a time where you can have high quality voice acting but you do not need video to match it actually. And that, I think that allows the performances to do a lot better. If anything, it's, yeah. it's better than what we'll probably get on the PS2 because the PS2, we're getting a little bit more into uncanny Valley stuff. And especially like as we get to, to PS3, I'm like nervous to play metal gear solid four at some point, because I'm just like, I don't know. Sometimes PS3 graphics like really irk the heck out of me. Like I, I, I do not 
like how close but not close enough we get to to a proper facial animation or whatever and i would prefer just a blank slate polygon face that i hear more than i look at yeah you would prefer the playstation one version of this yeah. i think that's why people like to do those d makes you know yeah, yeah is there something about the playstation one look that is defamiliarized enough to where people can kind of just enjoy it yeah um i don't know i mean i that that commenting on something like that that's just like totally to taste i've never really been bothered by playstation 2 or playstation 3 graphics but i've never really felt like they're that close to even yeah the uncanny valley being a problem because P ps2 doesn't bother me as much as ps3 mm. it's ps3 is the era where it's just like i don't like how anything looks generally speaking yeah yeah um well yeah that that makes sense um, so real quick, do you want to rank all the Foxhound members? Um, <laughs> let's do this. So okay. number five. Wait, how many of them are there? Uh, there's there's five and then you or six and then you. No, you're not in Foxhound. That that part confused me. I don't, was I expected to was was the history that I know these people or what? I just know Gray Fox, the only person. So here's the thing. Every yeah. single game. Yeah. There is a team that is using this name somehow. Okay. And they're never really the same team. And yeah, whatever. You may have been in the team, whatever. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't matter, yeah. Matt. Yeah. But I, I know um, it doesn't matter, but it is. it was something that I got very confused on early on, and then I think I fixed. All right, I'm going to list all of them off for you. Uh, Revolver Ocelot, uh, which is a like the first boss fight you do. And then yeah, you've yeah. got, scrolling He's through Russian. the list, uh, Psycho Mantis. Yep. Uh, uh, it, Sniper Wolf. Yep. Vulcan Raven. Yep. Uh, this list has decoy octopus, but you do not actually fight. They, I, I guess that maybe they are a member of Foxhound, but they are not somebody you actually interact with. Do we? Do you want to include decoy octopus in this list? Well, we'll see whenever we get to my ranked my, my okay. ranking. Okay. We'll okay. find out. Uh, and then Liquid Snake. So that is five. okay. Okay. So wait, is that five or is that six? Liquid six. decoy Vulcan sniper psycho revolver. That is six. Sorry. That's six. All right, so number six is going to be Liquid Snake. I think he's annoying. Um, his <laughs> voice is annoying. Uh, his look is annoying. Um, I don't like him. He's dumb. <laughs> number five, Vulcan Raven, uh, just kind of tropey. Um, doesn't really do a lot. I think his boss fight is kind of boring. Is he racist um, too? Kind of racist. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, seems kind. Seems like it could be kind of racist, but I'm not even. I, I'm not even going to go there. Not I don't equipped. even know. Yep. It, it's it's definitely very very tropey, which is kind of like the nice word for it's probably racist. Right. <laughs> um, the next one, okay. So number four, I'll go ahead and give to Revolver Ocelot. Doesn't do a lot in this game. Does a lot yeah. more in other games well, and he has does a really a lot. great. It, towards the end, well, I mean, I don't know. He's, I guess he's just there, huh? He's just yeah. sort of there at the end. Interesting. Yeah. yeah okay. He's got a it. great final moment of the game. Mm -hmm. um, number three, I'm gonna give it to Psycho Mantis Whoa. just for the iconic boss fight. That's lower um, than I would have thought. Okay. Very fun. Very interesting. Number two, Sniper Wolf. Um, ridiculously uh, poetic in such a way that makes the soap opera ambitions. Yeah of Metal Gear Solid uh, run true. And of course, the number one with a bullet, Decoy Octopus. So the greatest Metal Gear Solid 1 character of them all. What now, are Matt, you talking about? What? I, we're, we're switching back to the quiz. <laughs> quiz mode. Okay. Matthew. Oh, no. What scene? Oh, no. What scene is notable or featuring decoy octopus oh my god i i I'll... at what point in the game yeah. do you interact 
with decoy octopus. He's the he's the DARPA chief, and he's a he, dead. He's you, a that corpse. is correct. I did. Matthew. I got one. That is correct. I got one. <laughs> he is the DARPA chief. Yay! He's very so he's cor- good. He's the corpse, or he's just the chief? Is the corpse? No, the bo- he's okay. not the corpse. Okay, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. He's the chief. Yeah, yeah. He's the actual. DARPA and that chief. is a huge spoiler. But who cares? Yeah, it doesn't make okay? any sense even in the moment. Uh, so, but yeah, decoy <laughs> octopus. Fantastic character. Um, uh, he's the first member of Foxhound that you actually meet. Um, and you and don't I think know the it. scene with the Darp, the scene with the DARPA chief is like one of my favorite scenes in any video game. <laughs> it is, it is so good at establishing how bonkers and like what the tone of this game is going to be. Yeah, because it go it 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 perfectly encapsulates all of the directions that Metal Gear Solid wants to go. It wants to be real world politics. Yeah. Um, it wants to be fake world politics also. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and then it wants to be goofy, pulpy, and yeah. strange. Yeah. And all three of those tones get captured in that one conversation with the DARPA chief. Yeah. Um, honestly, it is it is the wellspring from which the rest of Metal Gear Solid blossoms. Yeah. Thank um, you, Decoy Octopus. I finally sang your song. Uh, I, I here's my question for you, Hunter. This is this is the most important question I think of my understanding going forward in the series. Does Snake fuck? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? He he routinely insists he does not, and yet he is constantly he objectifying every woman. He's he's I, he's like I can't do any relationships. And I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get the vibe of Snake and his relationship with women. He hits All on right. every single woman that comes in front of his no, face. I can, I can explain. I can explain this aspect <laughs> aspect of uh, Snake. So Matt, uh-huh. are you familiar mm-hmm. with? A decade referred to as the 1980s. Uh, Are you familiar with this decade at all? Is that the cocaine one? It is the cocaine one. Kind of. I'm vaguely aware of the 80s. I spent spent three days in the 80s. I spent three days in the 80s. That's the extent of my knowledge of the 80s. That's actually, you had three days in the 80s. All right. So in the 80s, there were moving picture shows that you would watch on a screen Mm. and in a lot of those Mm -hmm. they would feature masculine manly men yeah who are sexy yeah sexist Uh uh-huh and for some reason don't necessarily do a lot of the heterosexiness stuff yeah even though they're maybe like set up to do that yeah it's kind of interesting i think america was uh there's a lot itself. going on in its brain, you know? Um, an interesting, it should have sat down with itself and been uh-huh. like, what are, what's going on with Look us? Within. Um, Look within yeah, a little. Maybe, maybe America should have sat down with a therapist yeah. and tried to work out what its real feelings were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like Solid Snake is just in the tradition. I mean, he's literally named after Snake Plissken from uh, Escape from New York. Oh. Literally, that's what his namesake. Okay. It's Kurt Russell, basically. Oh, and Hideo Kojima wanted Kurt Russell to play Solid Snake. That's hilarious. And it's just like, I don't know why Kurt Russell would have agreed to do that. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Um, Good for I've, Kojima to have for so long desired to get uh, very famous people to be in his games and eventually got there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's Good true. Good for that guy. It's true. Yeah, now, now he gets all the weird famous people he wants to yeah. be in his games. Um, 
Yeah, he's now he's got Norman Reedus um, <laughs> and and Mads Mickelson, right? And Mads Mickelson, and yeah, all all the people. I mean, got uh, what's what's the Guillermo del Toro? Yeah, like that's a star-studded crazy. cast. <laughs> that's that crazy. That so weird. It's uh, very weird. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to play it for this show. Oh my um, god! <laughs> but yeah, so so that's why Snake is like that uh-huh. is because that he's just playing off of that trope. But yeah, does Snake? does snake get down yeah Mm -hmm. he gets down like it happens it happens it probably happens with meryl right after the end it's so weird how boy they develop that relationship quickly yeah and it doesn't i mean it's nothing it's so it's so it's like the the you know what though it's it is hilarious though if if you can push back uh, especially at the beginning i mean it is straight up 80s action movie sexist yes it's not even sort of yeah different it's like Solid Snake is the sexy guy, and all of the women around him yeah. are just like, "Oh yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> please." And then, and then he is like, "Oh yeah, I want some too." Like oh it was, it, yeah. It's it's a uh, it's playing off of uh, the tropey eighties thing in such a way where it's like, I don't know. It's, yeah. I just roll my eyes and laugh, and right. then you just move on with your even life. Meryl's um, dad is like, "Oh yeah, that's my daughter." Please. I mean, <laughs> Please go ahead. Like, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, no, it's uh, it's that. That's Meryl's uncle, isn't it? I think it's. I think I it's it was, his niece. Oh, yeah. Maybe so. I don't remember. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. By the way, though, I, I just want to say because it sounds like I'm saying like, ugh, Metal Gear Solid hasn't aged that well as far as the whole sexism thing goes. Kojima doesn't get really actually better in uh-huh. Metal Gear Solid. At least yeah. I haven't played Death Stranding, so I won't speak for that one. But in the Metal Gear Solid games I've played, it's. I mean, it's pretty. Yeah. Its attitudes towards women are kind of. You know, the only other old school, pretty eighties, yeah. I would say. I don't know um, any other uh, members of Foxhound, but the only other character I know about in Metal Gear Solid is the controversy surrounding Quiet. I mean, that's literally the only other character yeah. I've ever heard yeah, of, yeah. and that's a uh, that's like the other modern example or whatever. You know, it's. I mean, I don't necessarily want to. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not the most educated person on this subject to get to mix it up that much. Yeah, I will say it. It kind of goes from character to character. Yeah. Like, it's like there are some characters that are like, oh, let's be straight up sexist with this one. And then with other characters, they'll be like, okay, there's more going on here. Yeah. Um, so it's not, you know, it's it's not simple cut and dry. But yeah, it's it's a lot that's not great. So, I mean, if that's something that, like, really bothers you as a player, it will put you off. Yeah. It, it, and it will be there. Right. And yeah, I'm, yeah, that's that's just that's just part of the series. Right. Uh, and it sucks. Uh, so okay, does it is it ranking time or is there anything else to cover with this game? We didn't talk about like your playthrough at all. I mean, I guess this is just a game you've played so many times. There's not there's nothing notable about like you replaying it. Did you did you take anything new away? I mean, you talked um, about you talked about your PS2 realization that this is the first PS2 game. But yeah, I didn't know it feels if like the else... first PS2 game uh, to me. Uh, it I don't know. This time I I remember I started it up. I, so I had this feeling going into it of like thinking like you know maybe metal gear solid one is the best one mm. and i'm and i was like i'm not sure why i think that but i'm like maybe maybe it is because by the time you get to metal gear solid four there's a lot of fatigue with like how long the dialogue and cutscenes are and there's a lot uh-huh. of fatigue with just like how ridiculous the story is yeah it's like you can only see this indulge so many times before you kind of your brain starts to rot yeah. a little bit and the hilariousness of it sort of fades away. So it's like, I wonder if I go back to the first game, if I'm going to feel like, you know, this was the game where they kind of got the the, the soup just right. Yeah. Where there's just enough of all of the ridiculous, uh, silly elements. 
and I don't have an answer yet. Yeah, we'll I, I believe others. that Metal Gear Solid 1, Metal Gear Solid 2, or Metal Gear Solid 3 is the one, the perfect one. Uh-huh. But I feel like my tastes in games have changed so much since I cared about this series, which it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. I, I have not played it. I had not touched any of these games in forever. I used yeah. to love them when I was in like high school. I was all about these these three. Um, the first three Metal Gear Solid games. And then when Metal Gear Solid 4 came out, I only played through that one time. I played yeah. through it once, and I set it down, and I was like... Maybe never again. That was a lot. That was a lot. Maybe I don't need to touch this anymore. And then I remember there was an HD collection that came out yep. on the PlayStation 3, um, and I remember picking up uh, one of... I think it was two, and playing it for a little bit, and being like, yeah, you know, I'm going to let this chill for a while. I'll say this. I am... There's a there's a there's a thing I think you go through with Metal Gear Solid. Um or at least people people maybe my age went through this, which is you start playing it, you're a kid, it starts talking about adult stuff and being thematic and dramatic and all these things that cinematic even, all these things that games are not. And but it's also um really stupid and that's mm -hmm. kind of a fly in your suit. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like being there's a lot of really dumb like moments. <laughs> yeah. And so you kind of react to that in a couple different ways. I think there's an insecure reaction, which is just to insist that it's art and that it's bold and that it's uh, actually super smart. Boy, it's bold. I mean, that part is correct. <laughs> yeah, that, that part is completely correct. And then I think eventually you get older. Yeah. And in my, and in my general direction, I've realized that dumb things are awesome. Mm -hmm. And Metal Gear Solid, to me is maybe one of my favorite types of, of dumb thing. Yeah. Which is that it's 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 a smart thing that's not afraid to be dumb. Right. I'm going to talk for just a second about my one of my favorite genres of film mm -hmm. is an Italian horror genre called giallo. Giallo is where um, we get the modern slasher movie. Yeah. Um, basically, Halloween and uh, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, these movies borrowed from this Italian genre, very trashy, very um, hilarious, always with some sort of point, mm -hmm. but mostly so, so concerned with the aesthetics of it and being so full of itself that it, it kind of undercuts its own point yeah. by just being very silly and goofy. And they are my favorite, like, kind of dumb genres uh, of film, would be, would be giallo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an example of a giallo uh, that isn't actually a giallo, but a lot of, it's a very famous movie. If you've ever seen the movie Suspiria yeah. by um, Dario Argento, that is not strictly a giallo because giallo has a very specific genre convention that Suspiria does not get into. But Dario Argento is a very, um, you know, especially at the time, had been making only Giallo films and then made Suspiria. So that's a movie a lot of people have seen um, that has a lot of uh, kind of cinematic, uh, it owes a lot cinematically to, to Giallo. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's a genre I love. And honestly, Metal Gear Solid seems more like something like that. Um, where there is an intellectual core, but also we're just not afraid to uh, get aesthetically buck, buck wild and just do whatever because yeah. it's fun, because it's hilarious. Right, right. It, gets, um, it, it actually gets to be both. Like it completely yeah. 
is allowed yeah. to do that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's like a critical element of this game, and I I can't re-stress enough like how deftly it wields that uh that quality of just like you can you actually can be ridiculous and still get a point across. It doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be yeah. so self-serious, and it, it doesn't have to be so ridiculous that it's like, ah, oh, we're just having, we're just taking the piss here. It's like, nah, the game's not really always just taking the piss. Like, it's, it, it cares about its subject matter. It actually, I mean, the last thing in the game is like, literally, like the end of a, of a very very serious like biopic or something where it's like nuclear weapons are still in like it gives you the stats i mean circa 1998 or whatever but it gives you the stats of like how many nuclear Nuclear weapons weapons still exist in the world and that's like your final parting moment is like don't forget that uh all of this sucks and uh the message that we did in here uh, was serious for just a little bit for just a little bit uh, Hunter, you also said you wanted to you wanted to talk about the uh, the final, the final, final, final moments, the uh, secret ending. The secret? Well, it's not really quite a secret. I mean, just at the end of the credits. Not secret. The post credits scene. Sure. Yeah. So um, the <laughs> the final moment with uh, Revolver Ocelot and whoever Revolver Ocelot is talking to uh, via telephone um, was to my kid brain like. <laughs> One of the, like, you opened this, Matt, asking um, what the best twist in video games is. Uh And I don't think there is really one. Sure. Because I don't think video games have have gone that far with, like, manufacturing well-earned twists. Uh Uh-huh. But when I was a child, when I was eight or nine, whenever I was playing this for the first time, and, and hearing that conversation between Revolver Ocelot and the president setting up the next game in the series it gave me chills Uh which is the dumbest thing i can tell you about (laughs) me is that i got chills from this goofy game that i love so much um so yeah you know what yeah i'll 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 float that out there and you know what i will answer your question it is the best twist of all time (laughs) is the final moment in metal gear solid i don't care that it's dumb yeah i don't care set up the setup for two i did not realize there was only three years between metal gear solid one and two i mean i I thought they they immediately started working on the the follow-up and the the story of them making metal gear solid 2 is is quite wild and fantastic Um, we will probably will maybe get to in a future episode yeah let's rank this ding dang thing what do you say hunter yeah okay you are the high end end. you're on the low end yep um do you what what do you you, actually i kind of want to hear your low end first but what is the lowest you could rank this the lowest i could go is probably uh i could go as low as just above jet set radio number 15 is what this would be placed at i think jet set radio is uh, a lot of style too right uh uh, the the i I mean i metal gear solid is seeming like like one of the most stylistic games on the ps1 uh it's Uh a different genre of style from jet set radio but jet set radio has so much more jank in it that from a mechanical standpoint metal gear solid uh succeeds in almost every direction basically well but but what about did you not like Portal more than Metal Gear Solid? No. Especially no. not on the replay. Especially not on the replay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about Mario Kart 64? You like why that do you Mario want Metal me to? Solid, why right? do you want me to throw Metal Gear Solid in the trash? I can? just want to see You're how begging. low. No, I do, I literally couldn't go lower. Like this was a this is a fun experience. Narratively, I had more fun than I ever had in either of the Mass Effect twos or threes. Like it's it's the fact that it's aware of its goofiness. I I I, okay. I wish Mass Effect could be goofier. You know what I mean? Mass Effect two and three would be like literally some of my favorite games ever if they leaned as hard as metal gear solid if they went that hard with all of the dialogue options and all the things like that those would be like some of the greatest games ever made if if yeah if they went crazy like metal gear solid if it had a real a, a real goofy specific slant to yeah. it if yeah. it was going for anything specifically instead yeah. of just kind this. of trying to be generic crowd pleasing mm-hmm. um okay the highest i could go is uh number four Right above getting over it with Benefati. This is an all-timer uh, for you, basically. This is an all-timer for me. Yep. This is a game I've been playing my whole life. Yep. Um, it went with a very notable 10-year gap um, <laughs> there. But it, it, it still holds up to me. Um, and I think very well it might be the best in the series. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think part we'll of see. OGA will be us finding this out. And maybe Metal Gear Solids will have to get um, kind of juggled around a bit because you know i i don't think i don't know the the first three games to me are pretty consistently great yeah but i don't know you know i don't know if that means that all three deserve you know a spot in the top 10 Uh but i could at this point confidently put a metal gear solid at number four gotcha um, so let's start at the bottom yeah i real quickly to just because as a brief aside and you may have already said it without saying it when you were introducing things you said you you thought one thing about it as a kid and then it later was great to you for a different reason. The first run being because you can get it in a cardboard box. Did you did you specify what the later thing is, or is it just realizing the adultness of it and the goofiness of it, or was there a more specific thing you had intended to say? I think what I meant to allude to is just like that. That later in life, I have uh, realized that I love dumb stuff and that yeah, I'm okay, a dumb great. guy, great, great, and I and and I don't, you know, then that that's fine, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and that I can Metal Gear Solid can be dumb and I can love it for being the. Uh, it's not even. I mean, I don't know. It's like it's like this very specific. I feel bad calling it dumb because it's almost like it, it's it's as if I'm watching David Lynch movies and being like, "Oh, they're dumb" because they don't specifically land you in a point. I think you but and I, I treat dumb like such a compliment, though. I I think that's yeah. the thing is that people maybe need to realize. I mean, we've talked in various contexts about this, but like one of my favorite movies ever is Swiss Army Man. And it is explicitly because of how yeah. dumb it is. It's so yeah. incredibly dumb. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I love because dumb things are the only things having fun with their right. stuff. I want people to have fun with their stuff. I think that's well, or or at least dumb fun has a particular chaotic energy yeah. to it. Yeah, that is so lovely, right, and so wonderful. It's and heartwarming. That's the... It's inherently yeah. heartwarming, no matter what the genre is or what they're actually doing. Like it can be darkly dumb. Like I mean, you're talking yeah. about a horror genre that is right. dumb, but in that right. way, like it still brings more joy for the thing to be dumb than for it to be like wildly self serious. Babies are dumb, and they <laughs> exactly. do stuff like roll around in the mud or whatever, and it's great. And you witness that chaotic, dumb uh-huh. baby energy, That's exactly and it, it makes you want to roll around yeah. in the mud. Yeah. And sometimes it's fun to experience media that is rolling around in the mud and yes. being ridiculous. With. Yeah. And Metal Gear Solid, 
if to use this rolling around in the mud analogy, is rolling around in the mud in a baby diaper, yeah. pooping in it, <laughs> and then getting up and being like, I'm very concerned about nuclear war. <laughs> like, that is what Metal Gear Solid is doing, and I love it for yeah. that. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is fantastic. <laughs> Anyways. So starting right. at the bottom, uh, letting seeing if this thing goes above Hitman. So basically, another stealth game. Another very another dumb game. game. Very dumb. Hitman is Hitman so dumb. Hitman wouldn't exist without Metal Gear Solid. It definitely wouldn't. And I think that is like the easy feather to put in Metal, Metal like, Gear Solid. It is jumps Hitman's right ahead. Daddy. Of it. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Hitman. Hitman is carrying a torch very successfully, right? And running past right. the finish line. But the relay race was started with Metal Gear Solid, and Metal Gear Solid gave them the lead, right? <laughs> they they yeah. they they put our team way ahead of the other teams so that Hitman could just kind of win it in the end. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, 100% agree there that it, it it will definitely sneak past Hitman. Crusader Kings 3 uh, is where I, I allow Hunter to talk to himself for a moment. Um, Hey, Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, uh, we like Metal Gear Solid more than Crusader Kings 3, right? Uh, yeah, but we do. All right, cool. So Metal Gear Solid <laughs> goes past Crusader Kings 3. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next up is one. This is a, a, might be another conversation, although I'm more involved in it. Raw Danger. Versus Metal Gear Solid. Raw Danger. Very dumb. Uh, uh, what yeah. a dumb game. But, Super dumb. Uh, Super dumb. So, so lovable. Uh, something that is tr trying something so specific and succeeding mm -hmm. at something so specific. But I would argue Metal Gear Solid trying something so specific. I, I think Metal Gear Solid is, is maybe almost even difficult to remember that you're playing a PS1 game in 1998. Uh, there, right. there are times where I got used to the cinematic quality. I mean, okay, to go back to our Mass Effect com comparison, there's so much stuff you can read about and watch about Mass Effect and their focus on making a cinematic experience. They wanted it to feel like a movie. And they had cinematic directors of photography making these dialogue scenes, really specifically trying to invoke certain things. And Metal Gear Solid, to for me, is the earliest instance i can think of of something knocking that out of the park in yeah. terms of cinematic quality uh and i mean raw danger is a disaster movie it's also quite cinematic but uh, right. it's just another thing where i think the legacy of metal gear solid i'm giving metal gear solid a ton of legacy points because it has its legacy and it still plays great. Like right now, I played it's, it for effectively my first time ever. I mean, I played some of it back in the day, but I played it all for the first time and I was never, I never felt like I was playing an old game. You know what I mean? Yeah, Metal Gear Solid is raw danger, but on the main stage and everyone's looking mm -hmm, at it. Mm -hmm. That's how I would yes. make, I would, and I would distinguish them that and, way. And pulling yeah, it and off. Yeah, and succeeding fully, whereas raw danger is reaching for something non-existent. Yeah. And then being like, okay, that didn't all work out, but I love yeah. how weird you flopped that out yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> but Metal Gear Solid is a complete, I mean, it's a complete game. Yeah. It's, it's, it's done. They, they baked it completely. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to put it up above Raw Danger. Now we, now there's quite a conversation to have. Yeah. Matt, Matt versus Metal Gear Hyper Solid versus Hyper Light Drifter. So, uh, for me, um, I, I mean, I personally enjoy exploring Hyperlight Drifter more, but mm -hmm. I have to note that I had quite a flawed experience in my exploration of Metal Gear Solid because I really was not checking the codec often enough. And I wasn't like looking at guides. I was trying to have like an authentic experience, but I, I literally skipped over an entire mechanic 
of the game hint system and essentially. The, and the in-game hint system would have opened the exploration up dramatically. I mean, every time I talked to you, Hunter, while I was playing, you you didn't even know how often you were giving me a hint that I didn't know about. Like, it const- every conversation with you, you're like, well, did you do this? And I was like, uh, hmm, okay, I better I better go uh, play again yeah. right now. I better go start playing that again. It's like, oh, wow, this works this way. Like, I had those aha moments. This game is crazy filled with aha moments that I, I think is very very good from an exploration-y kind of game thing and then from a boss fight perspective i mean through and through i mean hyperlight drifter is one of my favorite games to control that's why that's why it's so high up on my list is i think it feels perfect and that's not going to be true for everybody that's sort of the big thing with hyperlight drifter but it's just like i uh, hyperlight drifter is one of the hardest games that i just clicked into immediately and that's why Mm -hmm. it feels really good to me Mm -hmm. um so it's it's not like metal gear solid feels as good as hyperlight drifter but I think even despite its technical limitations of the time, you still pull off a lot. I mean, uh, the the biggest thing being you can fail a stealth check and you can fail at the combat and you can still push forward in the game. Like you can still get a wet. You can play it a different way. Like you don't have yeah, to yeah. lean e- even into that. Like you, you can find another path. And that did work for me. Like I found a way to do it without using the elements that didn't work so good maybe even just for me someone else could be awesome at the combat and i wasn't as good at it but i found other ways to be successful in the game so i think i think all of that works and the legacy far outshines hyperlight drifter obviously the the game is is pretty open to experimentation yeah but i'm interested we have not talked about hyperlight drifter on this show for quite a while we haven't had a game in this range for a bit i'm wondering because you've played a lot of games this year, Matt. This is the we're, most games I've ever played in my entire life in one year. We're about to have played, played your fiftieth game. Yeah, fifty games in one year is uh not, is literally insane for me. I usually and probably I, play fifteen games a year. If I that. don't know if you remember, uh-huh. but towards the beginning of the show, you did claim that Hyperlight Drifter was your second favorite game of all time, which of course I took very well and w- was just a <laughs> quite a gentleman about it. Uh, has that changed at all? Because I noticed Hyperlight Drifter is at number eleven on uh-huh. this list. Yeah, it's not even top ten. Um, it this is our list, right? This is our group list, right? Um, right. And there are there are flaws in Hyperlight Drifter that I personally look past, but recognize exist, and that is why I so often am willing to allow Hyperlight Drifter to sort of fall further because I mm-hmm. recognize it's something that just clicks with me. You know what I mean? I mean, it's sort of, I mean, it's really, it, it's, it's not nearly to the same extent. And we had this conversation. I don't want to get into this, but I mean, it, it's very similar to like Final Fantasy seven, where you're, you're sort of just sidestepping and saying like, I don't need to fight for this that much because what, I, right. like, you know, you're, you're allowing things to happen, even though you would not on your own list do that. If it were, right. if it was up to you, Hyperlight Drifter, I don't know if it's my second favorite game. Celeste did, like, changed a lot for me. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, oh, I know how the, I mean, I know what it is now. So, I, I, I know your top three. Uh, I don't know if I know my top three, so I, I Well, I, I know it. Okay. <laughs> That's the thing, is I know your top three. Yeah, well, regardless, yeah, I don't know if Hyperlight Drifter is necessarily up there any... I mean, I got your top ten pulled up right here. <laughs> like, well, you have my, my top ten from this list, sure. 
Yeah, yeah. There's other well, games I mean, that exist. Maybe at this point, though, we don't have proof list, of that. But this list encompasses like six of the eight games you've played before <laughs> the show. Yeah, so we're not allowed to ever. Pretty... We're not allowed to ever talk about the witness because then we would be done. That would be it. Then, we've then, played all then, my games. <laughs> then Matt's Matt's history would be over. It would be complete. Well, what is it? It's uh, it's Metroid uh the Game Boy one. Super Metroid Fusion. That's right. Metroid Fusion. And then the witness, and then I think I think we're we've completed the Matt well, Martin's because we're doing Skyrim right now, right? So that'll be yeah. That'll Skyrim's be already it. on the list. Yep. 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 Uh, Oblivion. We got to do Oblivion. Well, but Skyrim is the same, right? So basically, just kind of yeah. Just I mean, what's check, the difference between Skyrim and Oblivion? <laughs> As someone that's played both, yeah, I would say that Oblivion is kind of the Metal Gear Solid to <laughs> Skyrim's Ocarina of Time uh, is what I how I would do We got to play Morrowind. I mean, I'm I'm sad that we're even doing Skyrim because we should have done Morrowind first, but it's literally I ain't got time to do Morrowind right now though. Yeah, no, we don't. Time we don't. That. Someday we'll do Morrowind. Uh, anyways, back to Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah. So anyways, I'm I'm right. I'm a 1000%. You'll allow it. I that's what it comes down to is I will allow it because I know that Hyperlight Drifter doesn't mean anywhere close to as much as you. A and Hyperlight Drifter doesn't mean as much to me as Metal Gear Solid means to you, and I know that. Even if, even if Hyperlight Drifter is a game I like a lot, like you've been, you've been playing. How Metal is Gear that Solid possible though? Because Hyperlight Drifter is your current number three according to my ranking. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid. If if we had, if I had a list of every game I've ever played, yeah, ranked, Metal Gear Solid would probably not make the top twenty. That seems insane to me. I can't imagine what your top 20 is. It doesn't matter. Here's here's what the thing, though, is. Even at my number three, which I don't know if it is, but we'll we'll take your... It, you've I mean, you've done the numbers. Right yeah, here. you've run it the numbers. It says it right here. Yeah. It literally says it. Even if Hyperlight Drifter is my number three, like, my... As a lowercase g gamer that's trapped in the dad lands, my top three probably don't mean as much to me as your top 30 mean to you mm. that is my that is my read on the situation well yeah if that's the only reason to put metal gear solid above hyperlight drifter well then i'm sorry <laughs> i think we gotta let hyperlight drifter regain some some lost glory i don't i do not buy that you are even slightly willing to put metal gear solid under papers please quake and ocarina of time i don't buy that for a, a well i was kind of looking forward to the metal gear solid versus ocarina of time i want to have that conversation. conversation too well here how about that let's do a meta thing yeah 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 let's jump ahead let's let's jump ahead and then we'll see um metal gear solid versus papers please what do we think uh I, Papers, Please is such a specific little experience that it is cool. I mean, Papers, Please kind of keeps getting knocked down in my own personal ranking, honestly. Uh, I, I think it is cool, but I don't think it is magic. Uh, whereas Metal Gear Solid is magic. When it when it works, when it does the things, the aha moments in Metal Gear Solid are magic. Yeah, Papers, Please, I feel like is... Uh... I think it's 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 perfect, but the scope is so small that it's very hard to talk about versus like most games. Yeah, right. Um, also, Papers, Please has this problem of like... I generally, if a game has a superior sequel, yep. or whether it's spiritual or actual, yep. um, I I feel like I, I in my head I will be like, well, but I mean, someday, we yeah, play papers. Someday we, we're we gonna can... play Obra Din and like yeah. we're gonna like forget about papers. Obra Din is like so so much better than Papers, Please. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Um, Quake is a classic that 
Whatever. Is it really for us? No. I personally think it's kind of too high on the list. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. We might. We, we might. We when might, we did that uh, Quake episode, I gave a billion points to the mod community, and right. that probably was not fair. Um, it's probably right. not something that Quake deserves, even though that we were also nervous. I th I think about ranking it too low. We were nervous to upset Quake people. We were we were yeah. nervous to upset Quake people because pay Quake people love Quake because of the mod stuff, right? Yeah. But that's not that's not Quake. Unfortunately, that's not Quake. That's uh, mods. Yeah, that's mods. That's Ooh, quake. I'm going to use that argument against you in the Skyrim episode. It'll work. It's going to work great. <laughs> that's It's already working in my playthrough of Skyrim right now on my Steam Deck, which is uh, hard to are mod. You playing, are you playing Todd's version or mod? I'm playing Todd's modded. version with a, with a, the, a patch. You know, that's oh, okay. I'm, just doing the pa I'm doing the unofficial patch, and that's it. Unofficial patch. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about it. Metal, Metal Gear Solid versus Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Um, Ocarina of Time, as compared to Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid has sequels. They all, they all improve on various uh, elements of the mechanical formula. Uh -huh. However, they also bloat and <laughs> go in various weird directions with the story to such an extent that I would say it's 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 very reasonable for anyone to choose one of the first three Metal Gear Solids as their favorite. Mm -hmm. Whereas. I don't find Ocarina of Time to be a very... It's like it's like this thing that people do all the time. I feel like the, the opinion I see is Ocarina of Time is the most important one. Uh -huh. But it's not my personal favorite. My personal right. favorite will be any of the other ones. Right. Because of that, and we talked about it, you know, in the Ocarina of Time episode, that kind of stagnant yes. period where Nintendo is too precious yep. with the design of Zelda games. I think everybody in the world is afraid to say Ocarina of Time is not like a perfect game or anything mm -hmm. you know I, I i think the world gives ocarina of time a lot of clout when it's good it's undeniably good but it's not like it's i don't know it's just not doing anything that somebody else could not have done yeah and metal gear solid is doing something that nobody else can do because nobody does what Kojima does, and nobody, nobody would, nobody, would nobody let, tries. <laughs> nobody would nobody let anybody would else let, do it. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's even just a marvel of capitalism that someone allowed Kojima <laughs> to make this. You know what I mean? It, it goes against everything in the system that Kojima was allowed to make this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty weird. I mean, it's just, it's just weird that it exists and that it has, um, that it, it has all of these different ideas in it. Um, it's funny because I think to me, Metal Gear Solid games are they're kind of a, a monument to a, a bit messier, a bit more open design, a bit more yeah. personal um, and ridiculous. Whereas Nintendo is the straight down the middle, like yeah, crowd pleasing, right. have everything figured out, have everything easily yep. uh, communicated to the player where they can land into every moment. Yes particularly however the problem is that the game feels sort of static yeah and i feel like this is a weakness of nintendo that depending on what game or what series you're talking about is either a bigger problem or or less of a problem and right. i feel like ocarina of time has kind of a, a bit of a a stasis in the experience yeah. of it metal gear solid has the right amount of openness and yeah is hilarious to i'm me. i'm just tired of celebrating safety and so the whole thing, yeah. the whole thing with Zelda as a series is it's almost always safe. 
And then sometimes that safety works, like in Ocarina of Time's case, or like Breath of... I mean, Breath of the Wild was taking some swings, but like Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time are safe and they work. And then like Skyward Sword was supposed to be safe and it didn't work. And like, look how much it flummoxes <laughs> when the uh -huh. safety didn't get it anywhere. Whereas Metal Gear Solid is choosing to not be safe, which means it will not suffer those same... It, it cannot suffer those same problems. Because it's, it will be just as weird yeah. today as it will be a hundred years from now. Yeah, basically. Exactly. Whereas Ocarina of Time, there will be future generations that will pick it up and not understand that there's anything to be excited about with yeah. it. Yeah. That's probably already happening, to be right. frank. Like, right. it's probably already at a point where the latest Zelda game is the one you should play. Yeah. And, you know, why play those old ones? Those are those old crappy games. Right. You know? Yeah, I think so. Whereas Metal Gear Solid... People are going to be going back to that and be like, look, what, what is this? Yeah. Why did this exist at all? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Metal Gear Solid versus Halo Combat Evolved. Whoa. This is a kind of a weird one. I mean, for me, it's easy. For you, it's easy. What, what, what do you, what are you feeling? I, I think Metal Gear Solid jumps right ahead. Of, I, I, like, oh, in, in this style of argument, I don't see what happens on this show is we get into like a certain tract of argument and some games that argument needs to be had. And some yeah. games, even if they're higher, their argument for where they're higher does not take place in the argument we're having. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. And I just yeah. don't think Halo Combat Evolve's argument exists in this frame. Okay. I, I just think Metal Gear Solid is more interesting across the board than all of the things Halo brought to the table. Um, yeah, okay, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm significantly more interested in the conversation between Katamari Damacy and Metal Gear Solid. Where it's yeah, just yeah, like, so let's get to that. Halo. This is where I really, really, really slow down. Okay. Because this is okay. my argument constantly for Katamari Damacy is the jank is the design and right. the goofiness leads to the jank being the design and yeah. it is a holistic, yeah. perfect experience in that. And Metal Gear Solid is like that. There's jank, right. but also... There's jank that doesn't work for me and I don't think was intended and ba I bounce off of and that's that's where I get tripped up on like, I don't okay. know, Katamari is artfully done in its jank. And Metal they're Gears both curios. They're both yes. going to they're both going to be just as weird today as they're going to be weird mm -hmm. in a hundred years. Yep. I yep. think I think if that is the argument that we use to get it past Ocarina of Time and Halo. Yeah. And that argument does not hold water mm -mm. against the king of all cosmos. Exactly. It sure don't. Yeah. And and it just, it, it also is the kind of thing of, like, Katamari Damacy was more or less, like, unremake. I mean, like, they did one sequel that sounds like was pretty good, but was also that, I mean, it's a, it's a similar story, right? They forced Katamari Damacy to be a series when the yeah. creator truly wanted to do something different. Right. Um, right. Oh, and, yeah. And that way, actually, it's they kind of have the same deal. Yeah. He escaped it much quicker. <laughs> Except for Kojima stayed with it for yeah. a very long time, whereas yeah. the other guy was like, "I'm getting out of here." Yeah. Um, I am chill with yeah. with stopping here. Yeah. Um, because also, I I don't want to give anything away about my personal re envisioning of uh the list, but. Metal Gear Solid versus Panzer, Panzer Dragoon 2 Zvi was going to be a nightmare and a half for me <laughs> as yeah. far as trying to get the logic together. Uh -huh. So I am comfortable with putting Metal Gear Solid at the number seventh 
greatest game of all time ahead of Halo Combat Evolved and below Katamari Damacy for the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Um, that feels really good. Congratulations, Congratulations. Kojima. You finally got on the show. <laughs> I especially love Metal Gear Solid getting above Halo because looking at our list, uh, Metal Gear Solid is the greatest war story on our <laughs> list. And I think yeah. that holds water. I think that tracks. Yeah. That Metal Gear Solid is about as good as you can get me on board with a war story. I mean, Disco Elysium is like an echoes of war story in its own kind sure, of sure. way. But yeah, Metal yeah. Gear Solid is like, you're a soldier in the army. And like, it's the best example we have of that. Metal Gear Solid also is uh, like has it it has a winking eye and it lampoons uh -huh. uh, while also being somehow very serious in its own yeah. universe however halo is just like here's aliens wasn't mm -hmm. aliens cool right. doesn't have anything to say about no. uh any of the things that it's indulging yeah it is it is a fun pulpy story that doesn't bother to say it doesn't have anything to say about war <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying it's <laughs> yeah. like it it's it's just like here's some pulp have fun um, but there's no part in Halo where at the end they're like, this is how many assault rifles are in the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or this is how many plasma pistols still exist on this planet. You know, and they should have done that. They yeah. should have let me know how many plasma pistols they are. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how many perished in the bombing raid of Gorflax number four? Yeah. That, yeah. That how many people planet. died at Reach? Yeah. How many people died right. at Reach? Who knows? You want, listen, indulge. Yeah indulge the uh the military uh the the military aspect of your story but at the end make me feel bad yeah. okay and that's how to make a thinker you can look look at so many games on this list and they would jump up 20 places on the list if they were dumber if they were as dumb as metal gear solid they, they yeah. would they would go so much higher if they were just a little bit dumber yeah and that's why sonic adventure is the last <laughs> game on the list the the worst game oh wait uh-huh <laughs> Wait, well, what? We'll, we'll fix that. We'll fix oh, that. <laughs> We're gonna fix. We'll that. fix that. Okay, that's it. Yeah, we got one, one episode left. left. Yeah, we've got Elder Scroll the the Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim Special Edition Legendary we, Anniversary Edition Special Edition Legendary for anniversary the Nintendo Switch with new water textures. <laughs> uh, that's what we got. And then, and then that is it for season one uh -huh. of the Old Gamers Almanac. Wow. A lot of things about to change about the show. Uh, I'm very excited about the future. Mm -hmm. um, we've got, uh, I think, a wild way to keep the show fresh forever and old always. <laughs> is that so? Every I think every other episode we have to come up with a new tagline. So that's is that the yeah, new one? That's fresh that's forever, old always. Fresh forever, old always. <laughs> Fresh forever, old until we die. <laughs>